Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Now, I've had several emails in the last couple of weeks in regards to covering horses, seeing most of what I've done is cats and dogs. And being the horse addict that I am, I was more than happy to oblige. The most common question I've received in regards to horses is, are horses happy being ridden and or driven? Driven being carriages, sulkies, that sort of thing. Now, of course, every horse is different. Some horses love being ridden, some horses don't. Generally, those that don't, it's pain. Horses can't vocalize. A cat will yell, a dog will yelp. Horses can't. They don't vocalize like that. And that's one of the big problems for them is not vocalizing pain and Horses showing pain, the signs can be incredibly, incredibly subtle. So if people say your horse is bad or, you know, something like that, teach it who's boss, tell the people to go shove it, preferably where the sun doesn't shine, and start really looking at your horse because no animal, horses included, will make life more difficult for themselves than they have to. So if you're asking them something and asking it clearly and they can understand what you want but they're not doing it, there's always a reason for that. And sadly, most of the time that is pain. Now, we've been riding and driving horses for many, 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 many years, many generations. Some people don't realize that a lot of what they see now in dressage and polo and all those sorts of things come from working and from war. A lot of the Western stuff that's done now, that all goes back to when people were riding horses, utilizing them to draft cattle, sheep, those sorts of things. Um, dressage, a lot of the um, stuff, you know, the airs above the ground and, and all the things you see, they actually come from war where the horse was jumping over the enemy's heads or where they're kicking out with their back legs was to actually kill um, someone or stomping with their front legs. That's all coming from war. Polo, lovely, remarkably civilized game, actually used to be the ball, used to be the enemy's head. So we've used the horse a lot for various things, and some of them were actually quite bloodthirsty. Now, a lot of people don't realize that a horse's skeleton isn't fully grown till the age of five or six. And of course, when you look at the ridiculous thing that people do with racing um, and Western futurities with two-year-olds, the bone isn't fully formed. You're not going to ask a 10 or 12-year-old 
to do bodybuilding, and yet this is what we do with our horses. So if you're looking to get a horse to ride for many, many years, let them grow up. Don't start them under saddle till four. The bigger ones, possibly five. It doesn't mean you can't handle, you can't get them life experience, but don't stress their body. As with people, different riders have different capabilities. Different horses have different capabilities. Not every horse is going to be able to do endurance in the same way not every person is going to do marathon running. And just because you can run a marathon may not mean you enjoy doing so. Horses are no different. So try and find what motivates your equine friend. One of the big problems I see with showing in particular and also eventing is it's often done at the horse's expense. I've seen people put their horses into 6, 8, 10, 12 shows or performances in as many weeks over what they call the season because they want the ribbons. Now, that horse may pull up sore, doesn't matter, they'll inject it with cortisone, off we go again. Short term, horse will do it. But what happens long term? It's the same as these horses I see for Western, for example, that are doing skid stops, which is just horrendous at the age of two or three. They're broken down by the age of eight. In the old days, people didn't start their horses till four or five. They were still riding them at 25 and 30. You're lucky to find a 25 or 30-year-old thoroughbred today. If you are, it's usually someone's pet and isn't able to be ridden. This is what we do to the horse. We've got massive, massive kissing spine. You rarely saw that 100 years ago. We are riding our, the way we are riding our horses is at the expense of the horse. Look at the um, Spanish riding school. They rode their horses. Only the stallions did the airs above the ground and that was years building up to it. Now people expect to do passage, all these sorts of things in three to four months. The horse isn't balanced. It's not fully prepared. It's compensating. It's not using itself properly. And of course, it's not the rider that pays for all of this. It's the horse. So always have a look at, Do you are you fit? Is your horse fit? Is your horse capable? Are you capable? Because it may well be that your horse is perfectly capable of doing you know, endurance or going over a C-grade show jumping course or whatever, but it doesn't always mean the rider is. And this is something I see people don't want um, ponies that are nice, calm, solid, because they're not flashy or pretty. Quite frankly, I would have thought your child's safety was more worth more than what a horse looks like. And unfortunately, I'm seeing so many parents that are really pushing the kids and they want the kids to do well in the show arena and the kid's terrified of the horse. And that's not enjoyment for anybody. The old plotters that are more woe than go can give a child a lot more confidence and know they may not look pretty, but if they're safe, who cares? What would you rather have, a pretty horse and a child in traction or a horse that's not that good looking 
and is safe for your child. So many parents don't realize this. And of course, as with anything, it all starts with groundwork. So many people I see today and so many horses I treat have no concept of groundwork and safety around the horse. And the old saying, if it doesn't happen on the ground, it's not going to happen on their back, is very, very true. If your horse can't trust you and that you and he don't, or she, don't have a good working relationship built on mutual trust and respect on the ground, I can promise you it's not going to happen when you get on their back. And that relationship can be the difference and buy you those two or three seconds when the truck's coming down the road between safety or not. Now, as I've said, most horses quite enjoy being ridden, providing they're with a rider that meets their needs as much as the horse meets the riders and make it fun. I've seen horses that have never got out of a dressage arena or a menage for two or three years. They've never gone on a trail ride. They never do anything different. It's in, do a pattern for dressage, out, back in the shed or paddock. Now, what kind of life is that? Start, yes, absolutely do some, but take your horse out. Make life fun. So many people in the horse world I see get caught up on getting the next proverbial ribbon and forgetting to enjoy themselves. And not just themselves, the horse needs to enjoy it too. Now, if your horse isn't 100% sound or if it's sour, and so many horses I see are sour because of the way they've been ridden, Try changing things around. Swagman's not sound, so I'm using equine trick training to do his physiotherapy. He's having a ball. I'm having a lot of fun. We both enjoy it, but it's also doing the physiotherapy that I need in this to build up specific muscle areas in order to increase his soundness. These are the sorts of things people can do. And I mean, these days, it's so easy to jump on Google, jump on YouTube, all those things. Start having a look at doing something different. Liberty training's becoming more and more popular. There's no reason why your old retired horses can't still do these sorts of things. The old you don't use it, you lose it. 10 minutes a day can really deepen the bond and have a much, much happier horse. Now, I know a lot of people don't like um, carriage horses and feel that it's cruel, etc., etc. And I respect that point of view. Some of those horses are not happy. However, I've spoken to many that love pulling carts and really enjoy the attention they get. It's no different to say a guide dog. Some guide dogs are really happy and very, very good at their job. Others are doing it because they have to, but not necessarily enjoying it. There's no hard or fast rule for any animal, horses included, but they are an addiction. But unfortunately, in the last 20 or so years, or possibly 30 actually, more and more people are becoming time poor. More and more people are looking to squeeze maximum stuff into minimum time. And that's fine with a lawnmower. 
but not with a living animal. So many horses tell me, yeah, I've got a nice saddle. And that's not, yeah, don't even start me with saddle fit because it, yeah, so many horses have pain due to poor saddle fit. But my water's never clean. My paddock's never clean. I'm only brushed before a show. They leave me and turn me out with all the sweat marks on me and it itches. No horse should ever have a saddle or a bridle mark when you finish. You stay back, you clean it up. If you're not prepared to drink out of your horse's water trough, why should your horse? If you are not, if your horse is in a private paddock, you should be picking that paddock up every day. These are the sorts of things that may not make much of a difference to you, but if you had to stand in a room with your own filth and literally eat out of it, because that's what horses do, you're not going to be overly happy either. So really think about the quality of your horse's life when you're not there as well as when you are. Many horses tell me they have a shed, which is great in winter, blocks the wind. But in summer, if they don't have a tree, those tin sheds become like an oven. So look at that. Some horses quite like being stabled. Others hate it and it's purely a convenience for the humans. So start looking at your horse, at its body language. And if there's something going wrong, always check. And if your vet says there's nothing wrong and your gut instinct says, yes, there is, then keep looking. You know, I have seen hundreds and hundreds of horses that the first vet has said, no, there's nothing wrong. And there may not have been enough symptoms for them to pick it up. But fortunately, in some cases, the owner has listened to the horse and not the vet. And then they found out later that there's something quite drastic. Others have followed the vets of advice and then have become badly hurt. So if your gut is telling you for whatever the reason, my horse is not safe today or I don't feel safe around my horse, don't get on. It's that simple. Missing one potential day, one potential show, the world won't end. But for some people, if they choose not to listen to that gut instinct, the world just might. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking with the Animals. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And please feel free to drop me a line with any topics you'd like covered. Thank you to everyone for their ongoing support. And until next time, remember to talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking with the Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator, CST, and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.